0: what's up everybody got my man jared gordon uh jared uh i've known jared for g's over 10 years now probably he's a, originally a queen's dude um obviously we uh used to train together he was with henzo and now he's in florida with uh sanford or uh, what do you guys call it cliff kill now kill yeah. cliff kill cliff <laughs> Kill Cliff.
1: <laughs> yeah so, so, James, hey. every, every two months we uh change change, the change name our, change our gym name turn his him up a little bit I, yeah
0: whoever paying the most money gets gets the name you know what i
2: mean <clears throat> yeah i don't, I don't But know. yeah Gordon obviously, obviously
0: uh, you just had that 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 uh that fight with uh old patty boy and uh i just watched it bro that's kind of crazy how that went down man uh i know uh you've been talking about it a bunch but uh I, you know i've been on the, the end of some bad decisions but um I know it sucks, but how are you feeling right now about it?
1: Man, pretty salty, pretty pretty bitter about it. Um, but you know how the game is, man. It's a ruthless game. Um, I thought I did enough. I mean, most people thought I won all three rounds. I guess. I didn't do enough. (laughs) Um, You know, I was being scrutinized for the last round, kind of being lackluster. But that's the only round that two of the judges gave me. Yeah. So
0: makes no sense.
1: So the first round was my most definitive round. I thought, and uh, somehow they didn't see it that way. but what am I gonna do, man? I think also that the the way it went down and how, you know, people were calling it a robbery has put more eyes on me, um, gotten a lot of attention because of it. So I'm, I'm yet to see the silver lining in it all. And that's what I'm, you know, I'm thinking that's gonna set me up for something, something decent down the line, like a bigger fight, a big fight, you know, decent name on a decent card. Uh, there's, you know how this is, man. It's just stay down or, or get up and keep going. Right. And that's all I, that's my only option. So, and that's all I've ever done. And that's what I'll do. And, uh, but it sucks, bro. Sucks so much. Like how, how any judge, I can understand not giving me all three rounds, but at least I want at least two out of the three. Um, you know, people were scoring a 30-27 for me, so.
0: Yeah, no, I think uh, even on the broadcast, like, people that were tweeting in were all like, you know, you're up two zero. And that third round, I mean, oh, it was uneventful, but you had him pinned against the cage the whole time. I mean, if if Octagon Control is the only metric to me- to measure it, you were dominating that, you know. Yeah, when I mean... finished yeah. the first round with a takedown, too. That left hook was land like crazy. Do you guys know that left... Like, is that something you guys worked on? Like, you, you just... Or is that I mean, something you just go to naturally?
1: He throws and his hands don't really come back to his face, you know?
0: Right. So I knew it. if I just
1: threw something out there that it would land. But, yeah, we were working on the left hook a lot. And uh, every time he came in and threw a combo, all I do is
0: throw yeah.
1: it out there and it landed every time. I, I wish really I had hate- put more of a stamp on it and followed up with a couple more shots, but... You know the past, the past is the past. What are you doing? My my dog is. Um, but you know, that's all I can do, man. I did what I did, and I won. The only three people that matter, though, didn't have it for me, unfortunately. Uh, the judges, and they're be- now they're being, you know, one of them is mm-hmm. being investigated. Yeah. You know, because he had just come from a fight.
0: You Know at Bell the night before, right, which, which I heard he, he didn't. He didn't he ho someone in that fight, too. Say that again. Didn't he ho? Didn't he screw some other fighter or some other sh- uh, uh scorecard on yeah, the Bellator it was Bell Bellator night? Tour championship fight? They gave he
1: gave the Crosby guy, gave one guy 50 45, which uh, wow. which was impossible.
0: Yeah, wow. clearly
1: the other guy won at least two rounds. Yeah, so wow. and then he flew from where wherever he was to Vegas. And scored me and the main event the way he did. And he screwed the main event guys, too. And uh, now he's being investigated by Mohegan Sun. Uh, Vegas isn't doing anything about it, so it's not going to help me. But at least it will shed some light on the situation. And, uh, you know, man, it's how my life has always been. Uh, Get the shit under the stick and just keep, keep... Keep trucking, man. And I mean, I'm here. I'm doing pretty well. So, uh, you know, I have everything I need. Um, I I can afford everything I want. So life is. It's been a lot harder before. So uh, yeah, yeah. where I'm at right now, it ain't that bad. It still sucks though.
0: Yeah, hell yeah. It's supposed to suck. Supposed to sting. You know, you went in there, you put a camp in together, you put a great performance. Of course, you think you're gonna get the win, and then when when they kind of pull the pull the curtain back, and and you, you see it's a bunch of bullshit. Um, that's tough to deal with, but uh, I mean, like you said, you are getting a lot of attention uh, because of it, and right. I'm sure there is gonna be, like I said, I, I lost three, I lost two fights to Benson Henderson that I thought I won, a lot of people thought I won, then I lost a, a third fight to Aldo that super close I thought I won too, and like, dude, I know you feel you feel like, damn, come on, man, can I catch a damn break, but uh, you stayed of course, man, you know, um. I thought it was a great performance. Like you said, you got a lot of tension of it. Maybe get a rematch with this guy. I have a feeling he's probably not going to want to fight again. But um, yeah, man, you, you're you're uh, you're on your way, dude.
2: I feel like in the yeah. uh, in the you know the the grand scheme of things, and everything you've been through in your life, and all the things you've su- survived and been through and and overcome, this is just a little blip in the road for you, Jared. You know what I mean? And and again, you talk about silver linings. I mean, your name is is on a lot of people's radar that it probably wasn't before. It certainly didn't hurt your stock at all, you know. This fight at all, so
1: yeah, my stock definitely rose. Um, but yeah, this is just this is a first world <clears throat> problem, you know.
2: Yeah. Right,
0: right.
1: So like, I, I'm I'm grateful, but you know, the fighter in me, the the competitor in me, you know, all we want to do is win, and and the name of the game is is winning, man. Right. Um, you know, luckily, like money isn't really an issue. So, you know, I mean, it would have been nice to get the other half of my check, but uh, you know, I'm well, not fighting. I'm not fighting for a paycheck. So,
2: can you, you know. can you speak to that a little bit? Because Dana White did say, you know, something to the effect of, "I'll take care of you." And I would I would assume, and I think most people would assume, that would be in a monetary fashion. You get paid to to show win, right? Show win. Um, you know, bonus to win. Yeah. Ha- has I, I anything? If I can so. be you know, so bold as to ask, has anything transpired with that?
1: Uh, yeah, well, I I didn't get my win bonus. Yeah. Um, but he did, you know, contact me the next day and was like, look, we're going to, we got your back and we're supporting you. And, you know, they. Uh,
2: what does that mean like, exactly? We're going to
1: treat it like you
0: won. So, yeah. I mean, we'll see what that means, though, you know?
2: <laughs> right, right. <laughs>
0: Well, leaving half that half that money on the table is definitely stings. That stings. You, you don't. You know, as a competitor, you're not thinking of money. You're thinking of winning because you know that's your goal towards the title. But then, as you sit back later on, you're like, "Damn, my pockets just got hurt too, man." That's tough.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's like that was the least of it for me. Like you said, you know, winning is what we want to do, and you know, moving up the ladder and whatever. You know, what's next for me? Um, but I still, I think if I were to have got the W that they would have switched the narrative anyways, you know, the fans Mm, and the media, Oh, you fought a guy that wasn't ready. Um, you, you know, Patty sucks. They would have flipped it somehow where I was. So losing like this almost, I think it put more eyes on me. And, um, you know, I think it's still going to set something big up for me down the road. And, you know, I, my friend always says something to me, uh, says, what do, uh what doesn't come out in the wash comes out in the rinse, mm. so I just gotta wait a little bit and see what comes down the line, you know, and, and hopefully it's uh something good. Cheeto, what are you doing? Sorry, my dog is out of control. It's all good. I
2: think I think obviously Jared, what makes the most sense is a rematch, but I also think that if that was the intent and the UFC was gonna do that, they probably would have already showed some uh some you know initiative in that in that you know aspect and and maybe even yeah, made an announcement think, by now so
1: i don't think that's gonna happen i I've, i obviously called for the rematch um you know i call i told i put it online and i haven't gotten a response from ufc or patty um so i doubt they're gonna give me the rematch especially because the way the fight went like i think it shows that i'm clearly the better fighter so and uh know they're they're looking for the next connor and Mm. i don't think they found it in in patty he has one half of the of the character that they need but you know connor was going out there and laying dudes out left and right and you know winning two titles and i just don't think that patty's at that level like connor was when when he was at 45 and 55 um so but you know I'm hoping that I get someone that's more of a name, more of a, a challenge than Patty. Someone that maybe was a top 15. I, I asked for for Ferguson, Tony Ferguson. Mm. Uh, I think the fight makes sense, and uh, you know, we'll see we'll see what happens. Maybe I'll get it. You know, hopefully. How mu-
2: how much does that bother the two of you? Because you're you're similar. Your characters are similar. You don't really trash talk. You don't shit talk. Frankie and I have obviously talked about it a lot. He, you know, he said. You know, by the time guys started doing this, he's like, it was too late for me. I can't change the guy. I am. I'm going to look really stupid in the middle of my, you know, but then the Connors come along. I guess that it probably started with the Chael Sonens, you know, but I mean, could you ever be that guy? Or is it just so far out of the scope? Because those Stop guys, they, they do obviously talk them into fights, you know, they become fan favorites and, and, uh, Hold you know,
1: yo, are you kidding me right now? <laughs> <laughs> Christina. He come
0: wants on. to be part of the interview. What kind of dog?
1: Come here, I'll show you.
0: Come
1: here, come here. Get this dog. <laughs> all right, he's a uh, he's a Malinois Corgi, so okay. he's like got the energy of like a shepherd. Yeah, yeah. He's just all he's like a velociraptor. Dude. He's just nonstop, <laughs> nonstop. Uh, but he's Corgi, so he's his body's super small, but he's got like a German Shepherd head. But yeah, he's out of control, cool. man. He's a he's built like Frankie, then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, no, but I mean, uh,
2: you know, these guys, these guys that, that, that chirp a lot, that talk a lot, that have, have that, you know, st- like I said, started with probably the Chael Sonins, and then the Connors came around, and it seems like a lot of people want to emulate Connor. I know that's not who you are. Clearly, it's not who Frankie is, but how much does that bother you guys, that those guys seem to talk themselves into, into fights, big I fights? I
1: mean, you know, that's a sport, man, and <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to... S- I'm not going to start trash talking. I've had people talk trash to me and you know, if it's, if it's, uh, if you deserve to get something back, then I'm going to give it to you. Uh, but yeah, I'm not going to like go right? You right. talk trash. And I, I don't think, you know, and Frankie, he, he didn't have to do that, man. He was, he went in the cage and he won fights. He was a champion. He, challenge for the featherweight belt multiple times. And, I mean, his fighting did the talking for him. And, um, yeah. you know, I've yet to reach the level that Frankie had reached. Um, but I think my character – I'm always going to be true to myself, man. I'm not going to yeah. talk trash. Plus, like, some of the trash talk that these guys do, it's like, dude, you're not a gangster. You're not yeah, 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 a killer. Yeah. You're not – Extorting people and selling drugs. So quit acting like you're out here killing people yeah. in the streets. Um, right. But yeah, I mean, you know, you talk trash to me. I'm gonna, you know, you know how many so many people have said to me, oh, I'm gonna knock you out, like on stage, you know, weigh so I'm gonna knock you out tomorrow. Yeah, and you know, I give it back. You are know, knock yeah. me out. I'm gonna, and then you know, I go in and win. So it's like the trash talk is is funny to me. Um, but yeah, it's not me, man. And you know, but good for those guys. Yeah, that's their character that's what people want to see especially the fans uh it sells fights I guess right at a certain level I think you got to be like a top guy for the trash talk to make sense and for you to sell a fight because like if you're on the prelims no one's buying pay-per-views <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. for yeah. you if you're right. talking trash but if you got to that point like Connor or I guess now that Patty you know Patty's they're probably going to stick them on all the pay-per-view cards they can. Um, that it makes sense. But, you know, even in my, my fight with Patty, he wasn't talking trash to me. He was super mm-hmm. nice. I mean, he was yeah. saying he was going to finish me in the first round. But, like, he wasn't, like, being malicious or, yeah. or trying to, like, really get under my skin.
0: You guys um, had a couple interactions, right? Say that again? You guys had a couple interactions, like the fight week and even before that, no? Yeah, we
1: had a couple interactions. Um, and they were all – man, I – by the time the fight came, I was like, I don't want to fight this guy. He's super likable. Yeah, we were laughing backstage. I gave him like a box of cookies, like a, it was a sponsorship. They're like, "Oh, give Patty the cookies," uh, and he was like hugging me. He was like, "Thank you," you know. The kid loves to eat. So, yeah. uh, by the time fight day came, I was like, I don't want to fight this kid. I want to be friends with him, you know. Yeah. Um. But yeah, man, those guys. As a, as a whole, he's, good, he's good
2: for the sport, right?
1: Yeah, I think like, I mean, at the end of the day, you see all the guys that talk trash. They're hugging after they fight. Right. 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 So it's like, we're going to fight no matter what. And however it goes, it goes. And then the biggest trash talkers, man, they're hugging after. I think the only people yeah. they never hugged after was like maybe John Jones in DC or yeah. O'Connor uh, you know, real real and Khabib.
0: But that right, was right. like yeah.
1: major rivalry. So,
0: Yeah. What was I going to say? Shit. Uh,. What the hell is Fucking.
2: Well, the, there is a big difference between you and Patty is that uh, I heard you say, you know, you're always going to stay in fight camp, stay fight ready. Uh, you're always going to, because there's always the, the chance, right? There's a, there's a, an event, an event. Excuse me. I can't, I, I can't even talk here, but there's the possibility that you could get picked for a short order fight. Patty's never going to do that. You know, that dude blows up to like 200 pounds, right?
1: Yeah, that's what it seems, man. His face gets huge yeah, and his yeah. belly gets big. Um, I've been in the gym all week already. I, I was 172 and a half today. So I could How's literally take a fight on five day notice and, and make weight. Um, I used to fight at 45. That was a little more of a struggle. Wow. And but you know, I'm at fifty-five now, so I could take a short notice fight. I'm i I'm always in the gym. I train year round. And uh, I'm bro, getting fat between camps. I've done it before, and it's like you're just you're just training for your weight cut, right. you can't not focus improving. on, you know, being sharp and and your skill set. And you know, when you just want to drill, like every every workout has to be like an intense training session for right. you to make weight. And then you're just all you're f- thinking about is, oh, I got to make weight, I got to, and it's just it it's exactly. you're you're not you're not training to be a martial artist. You're training yeah. you're training to just fight and and to make weight and it's like it's not worth it you you feel like shit all all
0: camp and yeah. um yeah it's just not it's just not worth it man and I i kind of knew I wasn't, I wasn't asked what was the story patty was saying you guys grappled at henzo's in the past That's that's bs the first time that we
1: ever had a physical interaction was tuesday of fight week and it was so obvious that like when i was like patty we never rolled, and he was like, oh, like you could just tell." He made it and, and it went nowhere, yeah. you know, like yeah. And we were we've been talking about fighting for like over a year, so
0: he would you're only gonna up. bring this up yeah. now on fight week yeah. to try yeah. to like yeah.
1: get under my skin or yeah. get me riled up, like if we were if I had rolled with you and tapped you two times and we were talking about fighting for a while, I would have brought that up yeah, Hell first yeah. chance I got, like dude, what I already tapped you. you twice. Sure, you want to fight? Thug,
2: what happened yet. to you last fight?
1: didn't make any sense i saw him one time at henzo's and i knew who he was he knew who i was and i walked into the into the basement i'm walking to the locker room and you know the the mats are on the right and i we made eye contact and he was sitting on the mat and he looked at me and he looked at the floor and then that was literally i wasn't there for i was there to spar that day he was in the jiu-jitsu class Mm -hmm. and uh that was literally the last time I saw him until Fire Week, which was that was in like 2017 or
0: 18. So yeah. I haven't so seen it, him for like four years. It's just to
2: sell. It's just it's just to sell yeah, the fight. Then just, I, just, I guess it's not, not it even it sell the fight. The fight yeah. Just get get in your
0: head into everything yeah. too, probably. You know. Yeah. Yes, it was funny. I was like, dude, this kid is
2: you, you do have a, a commonality yeah. with patty that i that I have a lot of respect for and I think everybody does is that you're big proponents of mental health obviously man I mean you had your struggles in your life patty obviously I believe it was his last fight had one of his you know really close friends that uh, took his own life so um you know I think that's that's something that everybody can get behind and and how important to you is that to, to spread that awareness and where does that come from your struggle obviously
1: I mean that's like my bigger purpose you know is- yeah that's why I fight and uh, it's obviously I wanna win. I gotta make a living, you know, I have to pay bills. So fighting and winning and, and climbing the ladder and getting to the next level, next contract is is something that still means a lot to me obviously. and uh, But the more I win, the bigger platform I get, the more people I can help. Like my DMs right now on Instagram and Twitter, fate, whatever, are full to the brim. I can't even begin. I need I need people to actually help me. I have a kid that actually helps me go through all my DMs. Um, but yeah, it's huge, huge thing for me. My m- one of my best friends uh, took his own life two years ago, December sixteenth, uh, and he was a he was degenerate gambler, man, and mm-hmm. he uh, he lost everything because of gambling, and he just couldn't find. You know, he got himself in with some some bad people. He couldn't find a way out, and he took his life man so you know drug addiction mental health um you know where we're from you know you guys are in jersey i'm from queens the man the amount of addicts mm. everyone mm. is affected by addiction sure. or alcoholism or some sort of mental health problem in one way or the other and uh you know sometimes i feel like i'm a broken record because i'm always preaching about addiction and stuff but you know people literally message me every day for years now about how I how, had, how'd you do it? Can you help me? Like, what kind of advice do you have? And uh, you know, I work with a, a treatment center and if, if they're looking for help and they want to go, I try to get them in there. Uh, but sometimes I'm just there just to, I just talk to people, just, Hey, yeah, like yeah. this is what I did. And you know, you can do this. Um, you know, I was yeah. shooting cocaine and heroin yeah. and, you know, now I am where I'm at and uh, you know, it's, it's never too late. I've seen people get sober in their fifties, you know? And so, but yeah, he, he uh, stands for, I know I've heard some interviews with him where he um, has battled his own mental health issues. I think people around him, like some of his coaches or someone on his team uh, dealt with addiction or alcoholism. And you know, it's no matter where you are in the world, could be in liverpool or you can be in queens or florida or russia or whatever people are dealing with the same shit everywhere so yeah huge huge uh, reason biggest reason for why i fight besides you know making a living and and wanting wanting to be a competitor and, and you know just win fights for my own pride and ego uh All right but um yeah that's Sima, like, similar that's story day.
2: to uh to matt brown you have you guys share a similar story have you ever met matt brown
1: yeah, I met him uh, a couple times. Yeah, he—they call him the Immortal, right? Because right. so He overdosed a couple times or something. And I mean, he's a savage man. Yeah, he goes he in is. there, kill, killer be killed for him. And yep. yeah. um, there's a lot of guys that had struggles in our sport. I mean, every sport, you know, yeah. and you see it all the time—people with with these issues. I mean, look at these NFL players—they're killing themselves or yeah,
0: right.
1: killing their family members and. You know, head trauma (laughs) coupled with, you know, substance abuse is just like a recipe for a disaster.
2: Uh, Do I, I, uh, Jared, do I understand it correctly that it started, like it all started with an injury and being prescribed pain meds? I mean, you're in a tough sport where you're going to get injured. I mean, you just had an ankle injury. How how does that work? Can you go near it if you're, you know, if you're prescribed a pain med, or is that does that? I mean, uh, how do how do you how do you cope with that? How do you deal with that? And is that something that you just have to stay away from?
1: I mean, you know, we live in chronic pain as combat athletes, so my my nagging injuries are just part of my everyday life, and I deal with them, you know, with. PT and ice, or you know, a leave, or you know, Motrin, and and just working through the injuries and and getting healthier. Um, but I've had I've had surgery twice in the last seven years. I'll be sober seven years on the 27th. Um, but you know, I had a nose surgery where they had to you know reconstruct the inside of my nose. And you know, when I went into the ER, they gave me pain meds. You know, to have surgery, got They got to give you pain meds to have. To go under the knife. Um, and then when they came, when I came out, I told them straight up, like, look, I'm a recovering addict, like, I can't take home a script of pills. Um, so they gave me like one pill in the ER as I was in the recovery room, and then I went home and I just doubled the pain. And then mm. when I followed Charles Oliveira, he broke my orbital, I had to have a metal plate put in my face, that surgery sucked. Um, told them the same thing, look, I'm a recovering addict. So they gave me four pain pills that I came home with, and my wife gave them to me, you know, held on to them, gave them to me as prescribed. And um, if you're getting pain meds from, or any medication for that matter, from a doctor, and if you're taking them as prescribed, then it, it's not considered abuse. You know, you're using it because you, I mean I just had a metal plate put in my face right, so I right. was in a lot of pain yeah. um and you know I, was, I didn't abuse it and then that was it I finished you know the four pills lasted 2 days you know one mm-hmm. one in the morning one at night and then and then the same thing the next day and um that was it like yeah I was in pain after and then after that it's just Tylenol and Motrin and and then that's it but that had but, to feel good know,
0: that uh that you were able to you know, you didn't, you weren't looking for fucking some number to get some more shit after, you know?
1: Yeah, I mean, as as long as I, you know, and I'm also I have a people I have a support system, you know, people that are supporting me. They know my disease. They know I'm a I was an opiate addict. So mm-hmm. like, I I got a microscope on me in right. situations like that where people are like, Holy all right, Jared's... Cannibal.
2: Means your love, guards, man. Uh, on the
1: on the on the line, you know, he's towing the line right now. Let's see which, let's see which side he lands on. And uh, so it's it's easy for me now. You know, back in the in the day before I had certain, you know, guardrails up, mm. it was so easy for me to just sneak away and you know call fucking Flacco to meet mm. me on the corner. Um, but I don't want to go there anymore. Right. Because yeah. I know where it leads me. I don't just take a pill you know i might do that at first and then within a week i'm like all right let me go to the bronx and score some dope you know and the next thing yeah. you know i'm missing for weeks on end you know what right. i mean so and i just have yeah. I have no desire for that so yeah. i know what comes with it man well you seem it's like you chaos. really found
2: a, a, a new focus in life you know what i mean and and some new structure to to keep you on that straight and narrow man so i think that says a lot about you as a as a human, but uh, you know, it seems to be a common uh, a common story that you know injury often leads to addiction because you're prescribed meds, right? And 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 you know when you're when you're hurt, sometimes you need them for extended periods of time, you know, to control the pain, and then you just can't ever seem to. We I definitely know a number of people. I know you do, Frank. We have one really good friend that uh, same thing. You know, he came home from the war. He came home from overseas. I know a number of people actually um and they're prescribed meds you know the va gives them meds and the next thing you know i mean just like you said they're they're finding it on the street and then they're scoring dope and then you know they become a heroin junkie and sometimes those stories don't end so well you know
1: no yeah that's like the american story now man oh Uh i got hooked on pain. my doctor gave me pain meds and now i'm a heroin addict um and like it's such a harmless thing like now i mean people know now but back you know earlier on it was like oh i'm taking meds that a doctor gave me right. so like i'm not doing anything right. wrong right but even after 2 3 weeks of taking like a weaker opiate like you're like oh i i kind of just want to keep doing these things and then in your head you're like oh i'm still in pain uh, when mm. you're really not in pain but you just don't want to live life without them anymore and then and then you start learning about how you you know other drugs are stronger and better and you can get them on the street for cheaper. You don't have to see a doctor. And it's unfortunate, man, because it's, you know, big pharma, the pharmacy Mm. industry, they've, they've ruined um, like millions of lives probably. So I think
2: everybody saw that that firsthand the last few years, but was there, was there a pivotal moment for you where you said, or, or where did change come in where you said like, you know, I, I have to change my life or I'm going to die. I know uh, I read that you overdosed three times. So Was there a, an actual moment of clarity where you said, you know, I have to choose being sober or I'm going to die. And and can you speak to that? Can you talk about that?
1: Yeah. Uh, my first two overdoses, I, I just didn't care, man. I just, and then like, you know, you wake up from an overdose and, and you're like, Oh, I'm dope sick. <laughs> I got to get high. Yeah. Um, And I was young. My first overdose, I was 22. Second overdose, I was about 24. Uh, But I got sober when I was 27. So I had years of, you know, I just, I was literally just beat up and defeated, man. I just couldn't do it anymore. You know, I was home. I've I've been homeless. I've lived in homeless shelters, uh, on the street, panhandling. You know, it goes from, for me, it was like, all right. I got money. I'll support myself by selling drugs or, or, you know, doing illegal activity. And then like, you come to the point where you're like, all right, I got nothing left. I got to start stealing. And then it gets to a point where you're like, shit, I'm homeless. I got a panhandle. And then from there, it's just, it's just trouble because you're going to do something illegal eventually. That's going to land you in jail or, or you're, or you're going to get killed or or you're going to die. Um, Mm -hmm. And for me, it was Christmas Eve 2015. I had my last overdose. Um, I was in a motel in Long Island City, in Queens. And, you know, I missed Thanksgiving. I missed, you know, I wasn't around for Halloween. I was still living at home at my parents' house. Thanksgiving came. I was missing for that. Christmas came. I wasn't around for that. All that time in between, I was just. Like, living on the streets, living in, you know, staying with, like, drug dealers, because I would just buy drugs for them, you know, or in, like, their trap houses, basically. Uh, I was couch surfing. And then it comes to a point where people are like, all right, you got to get out of my house. And then you're just on the street. And that shit sucks, bro. It's not warm during that time of year in New York.
2: Yeah, Queens is cold. It's freezing. This time of year, it's freezing, man. It's
1: freezing. You're on the street. Everything, you know, there's no, nothing is... You know, there's nowhere comfortable to sleep on the street in Queens, winter or summer. <laughs> so, and you know, I was able to get some money together through some illegal activities. And I was like staying in motels, uh, you know, Christmas time. And then I just, I ha- I was going nuts, man. I, I had a lot of drugs on me and I was using and using and I was in psychosis and I just, you know, I overdosed. And I woke up in the hospital on the 26th and I was sick as shit. And I was like, all right, I'm done with this. I actually ended up getting high one more time because I was so sick. But I went to detox that night. And uh, they placed me. I went to a hospital in Queens. I did detox there. And they placed me in a a psych ward in Queens on the Grand Central Expressway. Uh, and it was a stay-run facility, disgusting place. wasn't my first stay-run facility I've been in. I've been in like 30-something facilities altogether between jails, institute, you know, rehab, psych wards, crisis centers, therapeutic communities, homeless shelters, um, all sorts of shit, man. And I just, it snowed like five feet one night I was there. And I remember like the Christmas decorations were still up and that holiday cheer was like still in the air, you know?
2: and I, I, I was remember. staring out the window. I remember that Christmas. Because I was, drove I I drove home from Long Island in that storm. Dude. Yeah. It
1: snowed like four or five feet that night. It was yes. like one of the biggest storms in a long time. I remember
2: time. that like it was yesterday.
1: And I was staring out the window in the homeless shelter or in the, the the uh the the treatment center that I was in, and I'm watching the snow pile up, and I just closed my eyes and I was like, man. <laughs> I can't do this anymore. And, you know, it was like three weeks from the last time I had used. So I was feeling better. I was warm. I had like a hoodie on, a pair of sweatpants. You know, I didn't have to steal for food or for drugs. And I was, you know, I was three meals, three hots in a cot, you know, they call it. I had a place to sleep and I was place to shower. And I'm like, you know, this isn't that bad. <laughs> uh, and that's when I was like, all right, like, I'm done with this, I, I can't do it anymore. And I still had fighting. I was nine and one as a pro. Um, and at first I was I would use fighting as like my reason, like, all right, like I still got a career, I to hang on to, let me like give this a go. So I just started taking suggestions from people that had gone through what I went through. You know, I started talking to God, Um, I had lost a lot of friends, you know, getting killed or just Mm. overdosing. So I was using them as like my reason, like, all right, I'm gonna do this for them. because I I know they don't want me to go out the way they did. And, you know, I I came home, my parents let me come back home and I just started going to like AA meetings, which I still do weekly. And I started doing what people told me to do. And I got back in the gym and six months later, I had my first fight back. I fought for the CFFC featherweight title. I won by by knockout, by head kick, knockout. I fought a guy, Anthony Morrison, who was like a veteran at the time. He was around for a while. And that was it, man. I, I got the taste of victory in my mouth again. I was sober for six months. And then I fought one more time on short notice. I won the fight, then I defended my belt against uh, Bill Algio, mm-hmm. who's in the UFC now. Uh, And that was Dana White was there on the Dana White uh, looking for a fight show and and that's the night I that was about a that was a little over a year later. So I've been sober for about a year I just won three straight. I fought on the show. Dana gave me a contract that night. That was 2017 and um, here I am and it's been seven years been in the UFC this whole time. I'm I'm at like the biggest point of my career. I guess you can say Um, and it's been you know, a life behind my wild, you know, beyond my wildest dreams, dude. Like I own a house, the house that I'm in right now, I bought this house, you know, I own everything. I have everything that I need, cars, all the stupid shit that we think we need that doesn't right. f- fucking fulfill you at all. You know, all the dumb, all the shiny shit. Right. Um, and none of that shit makes me happy, man. Even right. fighting, even when I win a fight, I'm like, all right, now what? Like three days later, you know, mm-hmm. all that glory has gone. No one's talking about it anymore. Mm-hmm. You're like, yo, like, don't you remember I fought Saturday? I, and they're like, yeah, all right. Now do it again, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then that's when I'm like, you know, normally when I was using, I would have ran to drugs to fill that void, you know? Right.
2: Well, that what same void does- that
1: fighting gives me, that high, you know, I would, I would find it in drugs, but now I have other ways to fill that void. And uh, life's been better than i could ever imagine you
0: know it's good to have a happy ending you know we don't we don't really get many happy endings anymore uh what you're doing with uh helping people you know getting into treatment centers and whatnot is is definitely noble You you know like roger said and like you said the east coast there i'm sure everywhere is like this but i know we're i i don't have enough fingers and toes to know how many people that you know lost a battle to, to, to drugs you know and uh i mean that this is the that's that's the real pandemic you know like they had to ticker up of fucking COVID deaths, they should have to ticker up of of, of, of ods and yeah. then, then someone would hold the, the this damn pharmaceutical companies accountable because yeah. that's really what it comes down to you know and uh that's awesome you're doing this and you're doing really well with fighting i'm sure fighting it definitely is is a big part of why you, you you're successful though you know all the lessons you learned, you know fighting wrestling jiu-jitsu i mean i'm sure you applied that to your battle against drugs i would imagine
1: yeah, for sure. I mean, martial arts in general and, you know, what fighting has done for me, it's given, you know, showing me how to be disciplined and, you know, how to work hard and, you know, the same shit that we learn in the cage or on the mats at the gym, you know, you apply it to life and it's the same thing, man. Just And, and, I, and I'm constantly learning more about myself. Every fight I have, every fight camp that that I finish, you know, every hurdle that I jump over – and yeah, I mean it was a huge reason at least at first for me to like stay sober um but now, you know, the, the thing that gives me the most fulfillment and I I know you guys can can attest to this is is your is your family. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. your mm-hmm. wife, my wife, I don't have kids yet, but you know, and my parents, dog. I got okay. two brothers, you know, and I got my my friends, my closest friends like And then when I help people, it's just a priceless feeling that no amount of money or gold or cars I get or houses, like, you know, it just doesn't, it's like buying a new pair of shoes. When you buy like a new pair of Air Force Ones or Jordans, you're like, yo, don't fucking step on my kicks. You know, and then like three weeks later, you're like, yo, fuck these sneakers. I need a new pair of sneakers, you know? It's like, that's what winning a fight is like for me. I'm like, I win a fight, I'm like, yeah, I'm the man. And then a week later, I'm like, Oh, I gotta get now back I'm in the gym. I gotta get another. What's next? What's next? Uh, but when I help someone and they, you know, they come to me like a year later, they're like, Yo, I'm still sober. You fuck. Like if it wasn't for you, I'd be dead. And that, you know, gives me more fulfill, fulfillment than anything. And my wife trusts me. My parents trust me. You know, people yeah. come to me and ask for help. I'm reliable and I follow through. And that's like, you know, the most priceless shit I can get. Um, but yeah, I mean, martial arts has, it has been a huge, obviously a huge part of my life and I'll, I'll forever be indebted to
2: martial arts. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, everybody loves the Jared Gordon story. Anybody that reads about you or knows a little bit about your story. I mean, I I think that's why you, you know, you got a lot of fans. N- nobody can't get behind your story and like you for it that you came out so well. But the people that saw it firsthand or, were, you know, were, you know, the most involved had to be your parents. Your parents have to sleep well at night now. Your parents have to be your biggest fans. I would imagine. Did they come to your fights?
1: Yeah, yeah, they were at my last fight. They were at the that's, fight before that. Sometimes, you know, I fought in Brazil awesome. or Mexico. Like they didn't, they didn't come down to some of those. But uh, yeah, they, I might, mean, they dude, must, have some, uh, must have bought
2: some, must have bought some new bedding and some new pillows when you got your life straight. They probably sleep so good now. I'm sure they were worried about their son for all of oh, years. There, you know,
1: man, my yeah. mom would tell me all the time. Every time the f- Fucking phone rings. Yeah. I'm thinking it's the coroner, or the or, yeah. or the hospital. Hey, we have you know we have your son here. Uh, my older brother too is in recovery. He was a heroin addict also. Oh, so wow. like, not only did they deal with me, they dealt with my brother, and they had you know just like everyone else a host of fucking problems in their lives. Mm. Um, but yeah, man, my parents. Those are my. It's my rock. Those are my rocks. You know what I mean? They, uh, it's great. They actually just bought a house in Florida. They moved down from Queens. They had enough of Queens, you know, they grew up there and they just bought a house here. They moved down on Sunday. So I'm going to get to celebrate Christmas with them and my wife's family's here. And, uh, you know, we're all from New York, but now we're down here and my brother's here too. Both my brothers are here. I have a younger brother also. Um, and it's like, there's nothing better than that, man. Being able to, I miss so many holidays and birthday parties and events because I was running around like an idiot.
2: You got a and, second uh, chance at life, man. That's awesome.
1: Yeah, so it's it's been it's been amazing and you know I couldn't imagine that I'd be here now. And like man, I saw the reason I started fighting was because of Frankie. It's 2007. I told you this before Frankie. Yeah, yeah. Um 2007 you made your debut against tyson griffin and i remember the second person
2: that said that same thing on the show that's so awesome man
1: and it's i was watching i'm like bro and dude tyson griffin was humongous compared to you at that time and i remember thinking like dude i'm a little guy like if he can do it i can do it too and you know at the time the ultimate fighter was getting was blowing up tyson uh stephen bonner and uh forrest griffin and i was like i'm i was i couldn't stop thinking about fighting and and that's when I joined the gym, and it just so happened to be Rhino Fight Team just yeah. in Queens when you were at the one in Jersey, right? Yep. yep. Um, and that was it. And I always – people used to, anytime someone asked me, who's your favorite fighter? I'm like, Frankie, bro.
2: That's fucking awesome, bro. That's it. so cool. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. It's crazy. Uh, I, I know – God has a big part, you know, to do uh, in your life, has a big part of your life. Um, Dana White recently, I, I guess I saw it recently. I don't know if his statement was recently. I'm not shitting on Dana in any way. I like Dana. Um, but he made a statement recently that uh, God has no place in the octagon. No, You know, nobody should be talking about God after they win a fight or anything. Uh, what's your take on that?
1: I mean, bro. <laughs> it's someone's belief. It's someone's belief. Right. I. I mean, I think... Maybe the way he said it, people misconstrued, like what he meant. I don't think he was saying like, you shouldn't believe
2: in God. No, I, um, I didn't. I didn't think that. But
1: yeah. Um. But man, like when you look at the the best guys, they're. Always, I mean, Islam just not just beat Charles. The first thing he talked about was god benil yeah. darush was on the same card mm. like his whole yep. post fight speech was about god right um, always is yeah, with, you um, know um and it's like for me i had nothing to turn to my mom's a my mom's catholic sicilian my father's a jew and in- his parents are from london and he's a jew so growing up i celebrated f- fucking hanukkah and christmas i was eating mm potato latkes one night and i was eating brujol and pasta the next night so you know growing up i was like god you know i went to hebrew school and and then i was celebrating easter so i I didn't know what god was um and like i i didn't i had nothing i didn't my way of doing things led me to jails and homelessness and addiction so Mm. it was suggested to me that i hand my will over to a power greater than myself. And at first, like I said, I, I was like, all right, I'm going to do it for my dead friends, <laughs> for all my dead homies. Uh, and then I realized, like, all right, there's something bigger than my dead friends out there. And, like, I don't care who you are. You don't have to believe in Jesus or Allah. or If you don't think that there's something bigger, something bigger out there that's controlling everything, that made this universe and Earth, then... And, like, you just think it just poof and appeared out of thin air, then, like, I don't know. I don't know what's going through your head. But for me, there's something obviously bigger, you know. And, like, when I tell people, like, you got to, like, hand it over to something bigger than yourself, it could be anything, man, That's mm-hmm. that you think is a bigger enough reason for you. Like, if you're an addict or you have a kid that needs you, mm-hmm. your kid is a bigger, bigger reason for you to get your shit together, you know. Or if you got like a sick grandparent or a parent that needs you because they're not they're handicapped, like that's a bigger reason for you to work hard and and get your shit together. So for me, it happens to be God. I call him Jesus, you know. And uh, but Dana, like Dana's gonna, Dana's gonna Dana, you know. He's gonna say (laughs) what he wants to say. Uh, Someone obviously had made. I think it was Yoel Romero talking about Jesus in the cage after mm, maybe, mm. and he was saying like Jesus loves you, you know. And, yeah.
2: Well, I mean, Yoel's and, voice, and, and you know, in, in fairness to Dana, it was a lead-in question, I'm sure too. You know what I mean? It wasn't like he just yeah. shot from the hip and came out with that, but uh, you know, just because you're such a godly man, I I just thought I would ask you. And do you think anybody's ever beyond the pale of like? You know, obviously God forgives if you ask, you know, for repentance, but I mean there are, there are guys like War Machine, for example. He turned to God after, you know, like do you do you think there are there are people some people that just do it for to to I guess get favoritism from, from skeptics, you know?
1: Uh, I mean I think there's War Machine was the first
2: thought that popped in my head because obviously he he is uh you know, a very uh godly man now, but he's gonna what? be in prison for the next twenty years. Yeah. War machine yeah, the story right, there. Right, right, right. Yeah,
0: I don't
1: know. <laughs> uh, I mean, dude, like, if that's what's gonna make you move on and feel like it's gonna heal you, then more power to you. I mean,
0: right. and uh, if it's real, right? If that's what I'm saying. There, but, right? Nobody oh, knows. Nobody knows yeah, if yeah, it's yeah. real. Right. Only, got oh, only got it's God. Only God. It's in yeah. your heart, yeah. right? But I mean, so, I mean right. Yeah.
1: if that's what makes him feel better, and he feels like. And good for him. I know he committed some pretty horrendous crimes, um, <laughs> yeah. but man, a lot of people have, dude. And mm. it's like, mm. Mm. I believe that some people definitely deserve to go to hell. But that's God's—that's God's decision, yeah. man. Right. You're gonna right. go to the pearly gates, and he's gonna be like, "Sorry, bro. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, yeah.
1: You didn't cut it, man. And he's gonna hit that button, and <laughs> hell doesn't seem that bad, though. Cocaine strippers and." Yeah, <laughs> wait, I never heard I the, know, the cocaine thing. There's cocaine yeah. down there. I mean dude that's <laughs> what that's what the devil's den looks like. Then hey, maybe yeah. you know, some people might enjoy living in that eternity. Nah, so. I still
2: I still wanna go see the man upstairs and
0: Well I'm saying the whole the whole the whole fight and God thing, like obviously I'm I'm a godly person. I'm I'm super blessed and and thankful for all that and but I think like when you say like I always felt funny to, to ask God to have me win a fight. Like you're asking me to hurt somebody, you know what I mean? I was, I was, I would always tried to in, in my mind, like just make sure no one gets hurt, and let me fight to the best of my ability. Don't make anything about beating this guy, that guy. Because like you'll see dudes in, in the cage, like, oh, it wasn't me. Like a little spin kick someone in the face, like, oh, it wasn't me. It was God. God, right, right, I don't right, think right. God spin kicked that dude in the face, bro. No, you know no, what no. I, mean? like, <laughs> I agree
1: with you. I think that, um, you know, we still have our free will, you know, and we still. Right, yeah. Yeah. we still have to we still take our own actions so no I don't think God is like yeah I'm gonna help you beat the shit out of this guy <laughs> right. but I think that it, he like your win if it's a bigger purpose and it's what he if whatever your win impacts and is for a positive then it's for the better right yeah yeah um I like I don't look at it like God's in there helping me throw my punches and kicks mm-hmm you know, I think he's, you know, wants to bless people as long as the work that they're doing is like for the greater good of no, him, sure. yeah.
2: you yeah. know
1: what I mean? But no, yeah, I've like, it, it is funny when someone like knocks someone unconscious and he's like, oh, it's God, like. I don't
0: little, know about that.
2: I did learn something from your fight—the the 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 massive amounts of criticism behind it that I never knew before, and I'm sure you guys have probably been well aware of forever. But um, Ron McCarthy is John McCarthy's son. I never knew that until your fight. I I didn't know yeah, he was a judge. Yeah. Wait, oh, yeah. Ron McCarthy was one of the judges. Yes. Wow, I didn't know he's been a judge since 2013. I didn't. I would have never known that had it not been for this fight and all the skepticism, you know, behind the judging. But something clearly has to happen, and maybe your fight was the, the the pinnacle that makes that nah. happen you say Bro, now ain't shit gonna happen let's well, be real there's at least it's been
0: going on for how long there's at least Box, an investigation it's been going right? on for boxing forever forever and you know and and yeah it's not they're not going well,
2: Ar- to well ariel hawani it to favoritism do you think it's they, they yeah oh, one, he, he, says, he believes his his view is there's one judge in particular that tries to Score favor with Dana, and he believes that he he can judge fights and, based uh, on
0: the one that they they penalized for flying across country. That guy,
2: I don't know, I, I don't know who it was, but I mean, what else would it be? I mean, the only other option would be they're getting paid off, right? I'm, yeah, I, yeah. Uh, I, could, mean, I mean, what else could it know, be? You don't
0: want to think that. You don't want like, to. I don't want to think. I don't want to think the UFC is picking fight, fight you know fighters to win. You don't want to think that, right? I mean, no. dude, that'd be pretty damn messed up. I'm not yeah, saying a lot of people that. ask me
1: this, and I feel
0: like, you know, I I,
1: I got to have faith in the system, man. Yeah. When you're fighting for the UFC, like, you want to believe that that they support you. Right. <clears throat> um, I do believe that judges get swayed. Yeah. By the crowd. Specifically
0: your fight, right? Like, like obviously the crowd, for, for some reason, everyone loves this guy, right? He talks funny, has a funny haircut. Everyone loves this guy. So they're, they're supporting him. He's got fucking Barstool b- behind him in Portnoy, sure. right? And, and, like, yo, just same thing when I fought Benson Henderson. He was kind of an actor in there a little bit. In between the rounds, he'd be, be putting his hands up, doing this. Or, like, you hit him with a good shot, he'd, like, tuck his hair back behind his ear. Or you you drop him, he would, like, act like he slipped. Like, stuff like that. Like, I was never good at that. I never wanted to be, I wanted to just fight. That was my thing. I wanted to fight. Yeah. I don't want to act like I'm a showman. I'm a fighter. I'm there to to, to do the work, uh, you know, that I'm set out to do to win the fight. Mm. But sometimes you gotta be, you gotta kind of play these games. I, I think, you know, when you're, you're having judges look look at it and, and the crowd gets involved, I think sometimes you have to do that. I don't like doing that, but it might be part of the game. Mm. Yeah, and that's what John said. He was like, he was like, man, my, you got that one wrong talking
1: about his son. Right. Mm. Uh, and then I think. Ron came out and said, yeah, like, I could have been swayed by the ooze and the and I read that, yeah. You know, the the cheering and all that. And it's like, bro, you're a fucking judge.
2: Right.
0: Yeah. So yeah, what that, they gotta do they got to do, wear blinders? Second-generation judge. Know, like, <laughs>
1: bro, and it's like 2013. You've been a judge since 2013. Like, yeah. you're still letting things like this right, yeah. affect your, the way yeah. you score a fight. Uh, so, I mean fuck, fuck those guys. <laughs> yeah. You know, <laughs> you know Frankie, the you want guy, one? Crosby too. Yeah. He's been, he's like admitted that he goes off his own, ju- his own scoring criteria. Right, that he right, doesn't right. use
2: his the, own criteria. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
1: And it's like, get these fucking guys out of here.
0: He's a checker pass too. Right. Don't you got some beef with Ray Longo too?
1: Yeah. Ray Longo hates that guy. And yeah. Ala Quinta was like, I think that, I think Ray or they, made it a thing that like that guy can never judge any of his guys in a fight so like
2: what's that tell you just in and of itself you know
1: it wasn't me that's what it tells me it's you idiots yeah only three morons
2: Right, you know the I'm famous evil. saying is, you know, don't let it go to the judges. But I hate that. I, I hate was that. just gonna say, I'm Frankie. Smack this guy. Frankie, I'm smack no, this no, guy. no, no, no. I was gonna give you. I was gonna give you props here, pal. You know, that's the famous saying. I think Dana actually, obviously, said that. But uh, Frankie said, "Well, then let the fucking fight go. Let the fight go until there's a winner." You know, and that yeah. makes perfect sense. You know. You got oh, these three round or even five round fights, and if there's no decisive, still,
0: like you can't, because then they'll be they'll be back to like fucking forty five minute fights, right? Which yeah. would the, the people would hate that. It'd be boring. It's not made for TV. Like yo, their fights are gonna go. There's there's they're the best guys in the world, the best athletes athletes in the world fight each other. It's gonna yeah. go to the scorecard. It's every once in a while, or or maybe yeah. even uh, frequently, they got to figure out a better way to do this. Yeah, but it ain't gonna happen. That's what
1: I think. And it's not like. You know, they're saying that my fight was like one of the worst robberies No question. Ever So, like, you know, I could see how some people, like some fights, people are like, oh, it could have went either way. Yeah, for sure. There's but, definitely a lot of that. There's
0: a lot of that. But
1: like, dude, most people had me 30-27 winning. Yeah. So it's like these judges are just blind or, mm-hmm. you know, I know people don't like this word or, or retarded.
0: <laughs> yeah. You know? Well, Roger's the other than mine. Roger's. He just doesn't get offended. Right. <laughs> I'm
2: good with it. I'm good with it. That's a hate crime, what you just did right there, by the way. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Dude, well, shit. So, Frankie, how's uh, retirement, man? Uh, I mean I'm fucking sitting down with this guy, so it's not going too damn good.
2: <laughs> are you bored yet? He's looking like he's looking yeah, like Patty the Batty yeah. over there now, two hundred pounds fucking yeah, fat nah, face. Nah, no,
0: nah, I'm not there yet. <laughs> I'm I'm not there yet. Nah, I mean I'm I'm chilling. I'm my kinda of my neck was a little bit banged up, so I'm I'm really not even training much. I'm kinda of just getting healthy, but uh you know, we're figuring out what the next moves are. Well
1: I'm sure whatever you do, man, you'll you'll kill it.
2: Yeah, that's the plan. Uh what are you doing, maybe, Roger? What am I doing, man? I'm doing the same thing. You, you know, the reality days are, are long behind me, man. So uh, I'm also sitting down here with this guy. But I'm, by trade, I'm a union worker. So that's what I've, I've done that for the okay. last 24 years that I've lived in Jersey. That's my day job. It's a union sex worker. Yes, yes. Sex absolutely. worker. Oh, that same. sounds awesome. Yep, 24 yeah. years of Teamsters, sex. Baby, so. Um, Teamsters,
1: where, baby. Where, you live in Jersey, too?
2: Yeah, I'm five minutes down the road yeah, from Frankie. Yeah, he's right, right in Tom's yep, River, yeah. Yep. I was over here last night doing the ice bath with this guy. That sucks. Do you do those? You do ice baths? Yeah. They suck. Yeah, they suck, but they're, they're great for you. Great so I'll athlete, do them, yeah. but they absolutely suck while you're doing yeah, it. So you uh, yeah, work.
0: What are you an iron worker?
2: Uh, no, I drive hazmat tankers. Oh, okay. Gasoline cool. tankers. Yeah.
0: Nice. Yeah. You, uh, I'm saying you're 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 everyone like you know your cardio. Everyone's talking about Joe. Was talking about your cardio in in the fight and and this and, that. and obviously you're known for for having a good tank. Anything you do in particular different than maybe the next guy? In to, for for oh, your sorry. tank to have that tank, you got a really good tank, right? oh uh, and, and they were talking about it in, in his last fight. Rogan was was specifically even even uh, DC. I'm saying, do you do anything? Anything, you know, maybe help Roger out here a little bit? He's <laughs> fucking fat. He, his his tank, he hauls tanks, and, and he's has like half a tank.
1: I used to run like an animal, but that should beat my body up yeah. so much, dude. I hate running. My knees, my back. And you know, when I was 23, I would just train all day and run, train, run, and then like I was like, I was fine. And then when I hit like 28, I was like, eh. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> run run me, so. and train.
2: Frankie's had some trains run on him.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, man, swimming, man, I've been swimming my ass off.
2: Yeah, swimming. Oh, well, you're in too. Florida now. You can do yeah, it. Yeah,
1: <laughs> it's so much easier. I was swimming. Yeah. You know, I was outside swimming yesterday.
2: That's awesome.
1: Um, but man, you know, it's so much better on my body, dude.
2: Right. Sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was
1: gonna say like you know when you finish like a f- Frankie. I don't know about you, Roger, but if you finish <laughs> like a five or a six mile run and you're it was like a hard run, yeah. you know, after you're like you're kind of shot, you know. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, but I'll swim for forty five minutes hard, and I have a swim coach. But you know, I get done and I'm like, oh, like I'm fresh. Like I, yeah. it feels like it just opened me up and like loosened me up. You know, because right. there's not all that pounding. Right, uh, right. It's been a game changer for me and it feels you know it's, it's upper body also, obviously. So like yeah. it feels like you're wrestling with the water. Yeah. And like you're never gonna beat the water. Right. Um so swimming, man. Swimming. But I'm I also think, too. you know, like Frankie, you were blessed with the gas tank too, man. You always mm. had a gas tank. So I think it's hereditary or something, or or no, I hate Don
0: I hate like like Mark always be like, Oh, it's it's natural. It's natural. You Logore or Corey, you guys Caitlin, you guys all got great tanks, it's natural. I said, Bro, it ain't natural. I've been training hard my whole life. Well, I've been building you. this tank. I'm sure you, yeah, you yeah. go hard. That's what it is. You go hard, right? If I grapple with you, we're we're gonna grapple hard. We spar, yeah. we're gonna spar hard. We do yeah. we go run, we're gonna run hard. You do everything hard. Yeah. That's why you got a good tank. That, that's how yeah, I Yeah, I, I think
1: also like knowing that I have a gas tank, I'm like all right I'm gonna push the pace, I'm gonna push the right. pace. Yeah. So like I know I got it. So I I spend it and then, you know, I guess
2: kamaro spoke to that, you know, like building his tank and just pushing him. He he realized that he had a good tank and he said exactly what you said. So every time I knew I had a good tank, I was gonna I was gonna go to my tank ran out and then I'm gonna push it just a little bit past that, you know. So yeah, I wouldn't know yeah. anything about that, guys. But it's like uh- the
1: only it's like the only blessing uh, athletically that God gave me. So I'm not. <laughs> yeah, yeah
0: fastest guy i'm not tall and long but i'll take listen listen yeah. listen i'll take the tank over anything yeah. i'll take it's the true, tank bro. over anything true. in life Mine's in life true. like yo in life come on you you've been through it now i mean you've been beaten down you've been the fucking tank keeps you going that's it, roger bro. Just wants bro, roger, just, roger wants sugar in his tank
1: <laughs> yeah i'm like i'm tough and i got a gas tank and that's like
0: that's, that's what's has me yeah, that that's, a, that's a, get a, get deadly yeah. a deadly combination bro deadly yeah. combination
2: what, uh, we'll let you go here soon, but what, what, what do you miss about the East coast? You know, I've been an East coast guy uh, my whole it, life. I mean, I know you're still on the, the East coast, the Northeast. I know you're still on the East coast. You're in Florida, what but what do you miss about, about, you know, Queens? I mean, pizza you, got, bagels, you got you gotta, you gotta got miss the pizza, man. It can't be as Curtis, good in Florida. Bro. No way.
1: Pizza, bagels, food in general, you know, yeah. Queens is like the melting pot. So we have, yeah. every, you know, I would walk up the block and I would have every restaurant yeah, right. You know, on my corner, so that's like definitely up there, and obviously just my, chilling with my friends. You know, I grew up there, so it's just you know, every time I go up there, it's like reminiscent, man. I'm like, ah, Queens, right. you know. And there's nothing like home, uh, but I can't live there anymore, man. It's just so man. When I was a kid, it was way different. Now we got, you know, not to get too politicals, you know, all the liberals and yeah. We got all these people ruining the city. The city turned to yeah. shit.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and like, it's almost like, uh, it's, I'll nothing will ever be New York. Yep. But I don't ever have to live there anymore.
0: Mm. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I had enough. I mean, I lived
1: there for twenty-eight years, twenty-seven years. Like, all
0: right.
1: I've moved on.
2: <laughs> I I only live. We only live an hour away, and I know Frankie's from here. I'm from Maine. I didn't move here until I was twenty-two, but I used to get really excited. Like if I knew I was going into the city I'd get excited. I avoid the city as much I as I possibly can I have no desire to ever go in there again. It's changed so much from when I moved here 24 so years ago. I I despise it. I don't want any part of it. No, they I'll go, it, I'll man. go if
0: I'm by, like without my family. I don't I don't want my yeah. family there. My I, if I'm solo, I'll I'll, get, I'll go have some fun up there. That's about yeah. it. Yeah, it's man. Every time I'm there, I'm like looking over my shoulder. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. bro. Especially on, like in the subway now. See people getting yeah. pushed on, onto the tracks. I'm like, putting my back against I'll, the wall. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm uh. Uh-uh. Yeah. Man, I haven't been
1: on the subway since I left, and I'll never. I don't think I'll ever. I was there in August for like three weeks, and I was like, I ain't going on. The, people were like, Let's meet me at the train. I was like, I'm not taking the. I'm yeah. not getting on the train again. <laughs> yeah. I took that train yeah. to school for years. I'm not doing it anymore. I'm done get. with it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Jared, bro, thank you, man. This was uh, awesome having you down. And if if you do make a trip to Queens and you want to come, you know, come in studio, we'd love to have you. Obviously, um, oh yeah. Obviously, we, like you. I said, we've been going back a long time. Uh, you know, uh, shit. If I come to Florida, I have to come get in touch with you out there too. Yeah,
1: come on. Get down. some grappling
0: in. I'm not getting hit in the face no more. Maybe some grappling and stuff. Come, you know? to, come, come, wrestle, man. Show yeah. us some
1: wrestling. Yeah,
0: definitely. Where can uh, yeah, where goes. can everybody hit you up or like uh, where you help people or your social media? Yeah. I don't I, you know I, I, let the people know.
1: Yeah, Instagram J Gordon, Twitter J Gordon MMA. I got my website jflashgordon You could uh, email the website or leave a inquiry there, and and uh, that's it.
0: Awesome awesome
2: Jared pleasure man thank you so much for coming on it was, it was good to finally meet you and uh, you know thanks for giving us the time and allowing us to ask you some questions man I, I appreciate you and definitely definitely a fan over here so
0: yeah bro thanks, definitely uh, keep, keep crushing it man uh, you know in and out of the cage you're doing you're doing wonders for a lot of people and, and yourself included so wish you the best brother alright guys thank you I appreciate it happy,
2: happy holidays
0: you yeah, too brother yeah, yeah. amen yeah. happy All holidays right. stay blessed
2: Later. What's up, guys? Don't forget to follow us, Champ the Tramp. You can find us pretty much on all the formats out there. Instagram, we're there. We're on Rumble now. That's the one we want you guys to follow us on. Check us out on Rumble. We'd like to build our followers over there a little bit. We're on TikTok even. We're, what else are we on, YouTube. YouTube, YouTube, YouTube. Subscribe YouTube. too. Hit that f- yep.
0: subscribe button, man. That helps and, us uh, out,
2: man. It helps out the channel. Sure.